Welcome to this episode of Jackson Film Club Podcast. Uh, we're hitting it out of the park with another top 20. This time, friend of uh, me and my co-host, Michael Lamb, Mark Owens. Well, we, could, we could just call him a, a friend of Film Club. Okay. He's been to a couple film events. He also helped us organize one. Yeah, I did. The Lord of the Rings Marathon. The, uh, a dream of mine. Great success. Quite some time. Great success. <laughs> Great success. Uh, yeah, no, uh, for like years now, I was like, I just want to do all the Lord of the Rings movies and eat all the Hobbit meals in one day. And so we did it. And I thank the Jackson Film Club for providing the way. Was that the biggest turnout? Uh, I mean, uh, people came and was, went, but that was definitely like the biggest event that we've put on. It was like, it was the, the biggest in terms of audience size in total. And then also just like what all we did. So it was over 12 hours of what's movie. cool is that yeah. it started Seven. out with just the three of us it was it just the three, with of the three of us at 8 a.m we were the only Seven ones there meals. and then people yeah. came and went and then but i think probably in total for people who combined people who came and went it was probably like 35 people yeah yeah i, I was gonna say like upwards of probably maybe 40 but yeah it was a good bit yeah, yeah. Um, well mark welcome to the podcast yeah thank you uh ha, have you listened to the podcast at all yet i listened to the first episode and then i listened to jake's top 20 to get a feel for it do you how why do you know jake jake uh he lives in my garage oh awesome and we also do uh red fox talks together oh don't plug both. it yet we'll plug it at the end oh jeez. Yeah. um man <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about who marcus hammond is yeah and um, and what's what's your relationship with us and did you perhaps introduce us <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i did actually oh what, cool. wait uh, it was the green knight yeah. Yeah. Oh, we went to go see the Green Knight. I invited Sam because Michael invited me, and then you two. I was like, they're these two guys. I, they love two talking titans about, of film. Yeah, is exactly what he told me. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, they. <laughs> uh, they. I was just like, these are my two friends, and they love talking about movies, and they're way smarter with it than I am. So let's just get them together, and I, so I just kind of smushed them together and then I got in my car and drove away mm-hmm. and then like two months later we had a podcast yeah so yep but, awesome um, I know Sam from oh man uh, Crossgate's college ministry yeah you do um, and so we got close after quoting one of my favorite in my top 20 uh, one of my favorite movies we'll get into that later yep but uh, we just bonded ever since then. And then Michael started going to Foundry Church. Shameless plug. And then um, then, um, uh, uh, started working out some and just talking about movies. And yeah, lifelong friendships formed right here. Uh, Well, Mark, I I will say I'm very grateful that you introduced me and Sam, but (laughs) I will only give you 2% of the credit for having this podcast started the other 98 percent has all been me and sam because wow we've put in all the that work much <laughs> yeah that's incredible you're just the ideas man i'm so so honored <laughs> uh well frankly we're honored to have you on the podcast and oh, i'm excited yeah. to, I'm, I'm excited to, to be here dive head first into your top 20 because it's a good one uh is it though it is actually. i think is it's it? a great one. i think i think you've got some good selections here i've seen 81 percent uh of your total top 20 okay. i've seen 90 percent um, the only ones that I'm missing. So, um, uh, before we get into that, actually, can you tell us, can you walk through the list, Sam? Yeah. Well, let's, Sam. Well, you want me to do it or you want Mark to do it? However you want. Uh, let's have Mark, why don't you just run down just real quick the names from, of the movies from the bottom to the top? Okay. Bottom to the top. Are they in like a specific order or is it kind of just random? Uh, I sorted them. Roughly the other night, actually. So the but, top, um, so but the top are ones are like pretty solid, right? Like number one is number yeah, one. Yeah, number one is number one. Actually, my I'd say my top five, maybe my top eight are actually set in stone. Yeah. Um, but uh, I changed this out the other night because I was just thinking deeply about this movie, and uh, me and Michael talked about it. But uh, about time we're starting off. With uh, the number twenty, about time. Um, is it Dom Hall Gleason? Dom Hall Gleason. We, won't, we, we won't start. We won't yeah, just run that. down the list. Um, yeah. So we have Dark Knight. Uh, next is Whiplash. Then we have The Shining. Then we have The Karate Kid. And then Goodwill Hunting. Uh, we have Zodiac. Prisoners. 
No Country for Old Men, Interstellar, Moneyball, Tenet. I think that's the newest movie on the list. Uh, Godfather Part 2, Godfather Part 1, and then, uh, I don't know if this is unpopular opinion or not, but all three Lord of the Rings are one movie for me. Um, that's a very popular opinion. It is? Okay. It's too popular in my opinion. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Social Network is number four. Five. And then Number five, yeah. Thank you for counting for me. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is number four. Spider-Man from 2002 is number three. We got uh, The Prestige and uh, the number one spot for the last 23 years of my life, uh, The Mask of Zorro, my birth movie. Antonio Banderas. Excellent and Catherine Zeta-Jones in her prime. <clears throat> is Ocean's 12 not her prime? No, not I at all. I forgot that that was her until I watched it again recently. And I was no, like, who is that? She's, Why do I know her? Uh, she's great in that. I'd say that's her last. Are you kidding? You don't know Michael Scarn's wife? <laughs> was that her? <laughs> that was the, oh, the oh, ongoing yeah. joke. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Sorry, this is a phone club podcast, not a TV show podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, we, that's, yeah we'll enough of that, that later. Enough of that chat. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's my list. That's I think a it's a list. fantastic list. I, I would say, um, let's see, five, six... Seven, eight, nine, at least not. Well, no, oh, more than ten of those are on my list as well. Mm. Oh, good. There's a lot of overlap there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we just want to start start at the at the bottom and work our way up, or do you have a specific thing you want to talk about right now? Uh, well, I was. I'll just say that, like, what I was gonna, what I started to say earlier. Uh, the four movies that I haven't seen. There's the two. Parts of The Godfather. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen either of those. And then I'm pretty sure that I have seen The Mask of Zorro, but I don't have it logged on Letterboxd. And I don't feel comfortable logging it because I just don't... It's Yeah, I, I watched it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Zodiac. Those are the only ones that I haven't seen on your list. Zodiac is a Fincher film, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you really need to watch Zodiac. Yeah. It's, well, you really like Fincher. I am obsessed with Fincher. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Sam camped out in front of his house. Yeah. Night and exactly. I said, please let me be on one of your sets. Yeah. He's shooting a movie right now and they will be in New Orleans. Wait, really? Like this week or next week. Why aren't you there right now? We're making a road you, trip. Oh, yeah. You sent it to me. Michael sent me a thing for extras, but um, they were looking for specifically um, not white people. Mm. And so oh, I didn't well, fit the bill, unfortunately. Yeah. Were, I am white. Yeah. That's very unfortunate. But um, yeah, the thing is, like, if you were on that set, though, he's so big. Like, he's obviously, if you're just an extra, you're probably not going to be able to meet oh, him. Oh, no, absolutely. You I, might, I you might not even be able to it. see him. Like, so it's, yeah. But that's probably right. wouldn't be worth the road trip. Go get a beignet. But uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's get into this list here. Uh, about Time is the one I've seen the most recently. We talked about it on Mary's top 20 list, which as of this recording should come out tomorrow. Okay. Um, and. I uh, I don't know if you saw my review on Letterboxd, but I, I don't cry ever in movies, and I very much cried. I don't pay attention to anything you write ever, but okay. uh, that, that I'm, I'm glad that you cried at this movie. Yeah, it, it makes me cry too, and I, I'm kind of the same way. Like, movies don't make me cry for the most part, but this one... Certainly what is wrong did. with y'all? Movies make no, me cry all no, the no, time. No, don't get me wrong. I cry all the time, but <laughs> just not in movies. <laughs> just in, in movies. Yeah. Um, about time, man. It just, I tell everyone this it has everything. Mm-hmm. It's got romance, comedy, uh, a close knit brother sister relationship, a great father son relationship, just family dynamics at its best. And then there's time travel on top of that. Like, that's, you can't beat it. And it's just a, it, it gets me in my feels. And uh, I actually replaced Little Women with this movie mm. last night. Cause I was just, after rewatching Little Women, I was like, I think I, about time makes me feel a lot more um, in just different ways. And I think I like the feeling I get up from about time more. I, I think about time is more like, Life changing yeah. than Little Women. Little Women's a very yeah. quaint tale, and it's it's cozy yeah. and it's um it's a good story. But like, 
and about time yeah. will just change. Yeah, life. like I, I, whenever I walk out of about time, I like I have to go call my dad and go hug him or something. Yeah, like, but mm. yeah, so that's about time number twenty. Then we got uh, the Dark Knight. Um, it's probably next to the Godfather movie. It's probably the most cliche one on the top twenty list. But um, so you actually have four Nolan films on your list. I, I do love Christopher and Nolan. Control yourself. I only had three. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm the crazy one here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Dark Knight is just in terms of rewatchability, it's it never gets old. And I think whenever you find yourself in your car practicing dialogue. I have seen this firsthand. <laughs> I've listened to Mark just listen to it and quote it in the car. Yeah, it's uh it's a little hobby of mine whenever I'm on like road trips and stuff. I like to just read the read the script, study it, memorize it, and then just try to do the best impressions that I can. Can you can you give us a little taste right now? No, you should not. Have said I, that. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> the, I will say. Oh, the, I really want you to. Though. We'll, we I might, have a good Lord of the Rings one we can do later. Okay, well we'll towers. save that for later. So we might have more. For we might have more goins on the on the podcast at some point, but I think. I've never met anybody quite like the entire Goins family who can just quote movies like no other. Like I thought yeah. I was good at quoting movies and like obscure stuff, but it's unbelievable. Yeah. One of my favorite things w- about me and Mark's relationship is our inside jokes about the most obscure lines. Oh, We're yeah. talking like from Lord of the Rings behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, deep, deep cuts. But That's it's not nice. just that my family quotes like the movie itself because some people are like, like, um, oh, you want to know how I got these scars? Like, you know, that's from yeah. the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we are like, we want to memorize the the voice, the tone, everything about it. We we even it's like some sounds from the movies. We just like I know, memorize yeah. them. Like I don't know. At the it's, Little Women Film Club event, your sister was there, and I looked over at one point, and she was her mouth was moving in sync with the scene that was happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's even like body languages yeah. and stuff like she'll do it a timothy chalamet impression where he's like sitting it's in the chair he's just like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. it's it's the weirdest thing excellent but um well as far as like the dark knight goes i don't i don't know that we've really had any long long discussion about this yeah. on the podcast yet but uh i love nolan's interpretation of batman mm-hmm. because it feels like um uh, it feels more serious than other superhero movies. Yeah. Of course, Batman's like not really a superhero. I mean, he's just a, a rich guy yeah. uh, out there being a vigilante. Yeah. I also just appreciate that it's, it is it is a superhero movie, but it's so much more, it is grounded in reality and it's not a end of the world situation. It's just like a couple hundred people on boats that are going to be killed. And that's like really the, that's the climax of the movie. And I just appreciate that. It's not a, I do. I I love the dark Knight. What keeps it from being one of my favorite. I mean, I think it's in my, probably my top five Nolan, but what Mm. keeps it from being like my favorite, I think is the third act just because I think the entire movie does feel just like a straight up crime drama. Yeah. And then the third act is a little more conventional, it's not bad at all. Like I really like the mm-hmm. idea of these two boats and each one has the detonator for the other. Like it's great, mm-hmm. but it just is the one part of the movie that I'm always like, ah, it's like a little more yeah. conventional. Yeah. That's the prisoner's dilemma. It is. Yeah. Which we might talk about in a second. Oh yeah. Uh, next up is uh, whiplash, which this movie just hits home uh, as, as a drummer. But, uh, it, I saw this movie for the first time on an airplane going to um, Munich, Germany. And on the plane ride, I ended up watching it twice back to back just because I liked really? it so much. Wow. And um, I also just love J.K. Simmons and anything he's in. I just kind of eat that up. Um, but it's just, it's probably, yeah, it's the best movie about drumming out there, but it's, it's, it's a, Better than Drumline? Uh, I was waiting for a Sound of Metal comment. I'm afraid so. Well, like, Sound of Metal is like not great, really. Though. Sound of Metal is not, not really about drumming. It's uh-huh. not. It's it's just about a drummer. So much more. But um, yeah, Whiplash is uh, 
was that number 17, 18? Uh, then we got The Shining. This is the only horror movie. We have some suspense movies here, but uh, yeah, The Shining. My mom told me about this movie because she always quoted the Here's Johnny part. And I was like, what is that Your from? mom did? Yeah, she's like, well, my mom's like, she always snuck out of the house to watch these movies. So <laughs> she always was like referencing Halloween, The Shining. And like, you meet my mom, and you're like, she's, say, that's she's never seen an R-rated me. movie in her life. Yeah. But no, she's she's done a lot. Um, I'm scared to find out all the things she's done in her life. But uh, yeah, The Shining... Um, if there's anything that scares me in this world, it's people staring at me from a distance. And there's a lot of that in this movie. Just people, little twin girls standing at the end of hallways looking at you. A naked old lady staring at you. It's, What's scarier than that? Yeah, Not much, Sam. Not much, I'm afraid. Um, you have seen The Shining, Michael? Oh, yeah. What are mm. your thoughts on it? I don't think we've ever talked about it. Well, I love The Shining. The, I think as far as how movies are made, it's very Kubrick. I mean, it's, it's Kubrick does horror, um, and I know that like Stephen King's not a big fan of the way that the movie ends. Not at all. But I honestly thought uh, it was surprised me that it was a happier ending than I thought it was going to be. Oh yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't end with like the. Super depressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the, I thought it was the same way. I if was The like, Shining oh. was made nowadays... If it was made by A24, like, it would not end. Jack would have caught his son, and then uh, they would have just murdered him or something. But, yeah, he gets away. But, um, little Danny boy. I that's I just... Danny! I've only seen The Shining once, and it was in theaters last year for one of the anniversaries. I was so sad to miss that. Well, yeah, what was really sad was how terrible the projector was, because I could tell that the movie was amazing like in terms of the visuals but the projector was just so bad that it kept taking me out of it but i i love the atmosphere of that movie so mm -hmm. much. it just makes you want to like if you're locked inside in a snowstorm that's the only movie yeah we're gonna pray for a white christmas yeah so that we can watch the shining so next up we have the karate kid which is probably the most quoted movie between me and my brother uh, either that or a Will Ferrell movie. Really, any any one of them's good. But um, yeah, you know, the Karate Kid. I've just grown up watching this movie. I took karate as a kid. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> oh, and my mom always said that I looked like Johnny. Dude, every time I watch it now, I can't. When he wears his bandana, I used to have like the the bang swoop, and like, it's unreal. There yeah. there are pictures of Johnny that are exactly you it's, from like 2018. It's, it's weird because my wasn't, mom wasn't he the bad guy? Yeah. Well, no, he's, he's not, hey. I, we can get into this <laughs> later, but, uh, yes, he is the antagonist of the story. It's weird that you say that I look like Johnny because my mom had a poster of him shirtless in her college dorm room. And I have this picture <laughs> of my movie? mom, like he's on a beach, just oiled up and just, <laughs> he's, he's looking good. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, she's like just hugging this poster I was like, little did she know she'd have a son that looked just like him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> little did she know. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie so much. It's, um, Dude, the, the last fight is so good. Like, the entire tournament at yeah. the end is just incredible. Really, this is the older I get, the more I'm like, Daniel, he shouldn't have won. Like, oh, no. He, he didn't deserve no, it at no. all. He's, well, so Sam rewatched this on September 10th this year. Are you going to bring up? He said... Uh, he has a huge crush on Elizabeth's shoe and oh, that absolutely. he would marry her. I, I don't know that I realized what it when babe. I watched it as a kid, but like I watched it again. I was like, dude, that's like perfect girlfriend. Like, yeah. I think their relationship is one of my favorites in any movie. Cause like yeah. most movies like this, it's like the new boy comes to town. He's kind of a loser. Mm -hmm. He's not the jock. And so it takes the girl, like ignores him for a while and he has to win her over, but she's instantly just like super nice to him. Yeah. She's like, Hey, my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend's a jerk. Like, are you okay? Like, yeah. she's fantastic. But you watch, like, not, not to get into a TV show, but you watch Cobra Kai, and you're like, Johnny's not a bad dude. He had he just had a bad teacher. Mm. So it makes me wonder, like, what was Elizabeth Shue doing in this relationship? Because, you know, it, it, it takes two to tango here. I hear so that. I don't think I don't think that Johnny's over here doing everything bad. Like, she, she might be a bad girlfriend. We don't know. But I do, but, well, I, what I like is that, like, 
because a lot of times, again, it's the the popular girl who's like, oh, she's being such a jerk. Like, he made a mistake, and so she left him or whatever. But, like, in Karate Kid, Daniel's the one who's an idiot and screws up, and she's like, like yeah. what's your problem? Like, it's okay. Yeah. Isn't he, like, Johnny, just the kid from Jersey that shows up? And Yeah. yeah. Johnny told him to leave the radio down. If he would have just done that, the whole movie would have been over right there. What are but, your thoughts quickly on, on part two and three? Uh, part two is not as good as the first one, but I still thoroughly enjoy watching them. Great fight. Great uh, ice Great ice fight. Boxing. It's actually, yeah, ice, <laughs> ice boxing. I said ice oh, block. Oh, ice blocking. <laughs> block. It's just the ice block. <laughs> They chop no. uh, yeah, I love the second one because yeah, the end fight—it's like actually to the death. He's <laughs> yeah, in, like yeah, he's in Oka, he's Okinawa, um, and it's just really good. But I recently rewatched the third one, and it it may well be the most hilarious movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And <laughs> I remember very I little from the third one, except for like bungee bungee jumping or like. Yeah, they're they're like repelling down, down a wall or something. It's <laughs> one of the greatest scenes in film history, but <laughs> we won't get into that. It's not on my top twenty. All right. Um, okay, so next is Goodwill Hunting. You have not seen I this. I've not Sam. seen it, Michael. You have seen it. I have seen it. It's been a minute. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting is just fantastic. Um, I need to re-see this because I I think I just gave it a generic rating of three stars. Yeah, rewatch it's, that. It's been a long time. It's it's very very good. Um, you said it's your tied for your favorite Robin Williams performance. Yeah, because I just rewatched Dead Poet Society, and I also really love that a lot. Didn't you watch um, that on your sister's birthday? Yeah, I was like, now Carrie, is this really what you want to watch on your? <laughs> he birthday? really did not want her to watch it <laughs> of all the movies, and she was like, yes, I want to watch it, and then like you know a certain scene comes up and I just look around and I see my sister's just crying and, and my fiance's oh. just sitting next to me crying and Matthew's just sobbing like a baby. And, and was, I wasn't. Yeah, Sam was stone cold, you know? Sam doesn't have any feelings. I was more just taken off guard by like, oh, this was sudden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy, was that, that was the first time you'd seen it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Dude, I remember watching that in high school when we got to that scene and I just was like one of the only kids in the room that was crying oh, I had because no nobody else was, was paying there. attention to the movie. Yeah, that it's... High school. Man. Yeah. But it's also just, it may, it does make you like want to read poetry and actually get into that. Like I, you, you can school. take all the English courses you want and like yeah. have teachers tell you like, you need to read this, you need to read that. But like Dead Poet Society did that for me more than any literature class I've ever. Yeah. Done. It kind of so, seems like why does like literature if, exist? It to seems like if, women. If Hogwarts and Harvard from Social Network combined, it's the school they go to. That's in it. Dead Poet Society. That's it. Um, I'm not sure that I. I, I think I'm gonna ethically be against boarding schools. I wouldn't want to go to a boarding school. I don't think. I'm I'm pro paddling. Oh snap! Oh, yeah, that kid also gets pro tanked. public humiliation. <laughs> but we'll, oh, <laughs> another conversation. Uh, but yeah, that's why I love Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about Zodiac. Yeah, so Zodiac. Um, Zodiac is probably one of the most intense movies I've ever seen. In my Michael life. hasn't seen it, so we have to keep it spoiler free. But dude, the basement scene. Oh my! One of the gosh. scariest scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie Ooh. or not. Yeah, that, let that be the end of it. But I say Zodiac is one of Prisoners. The next movie is the most intense movie, hmm. in my opinion. Uh, it's just fantastic. It's uh, Hugh Jackman at his best, um, other than uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's and I also just am a sucker for Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, as is Sam. One of his best performances. Dude, Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie like brought tears to my eyes. Yeah, you you really? want to blink more. You you get concerned about the moisture of your eyes whenever you watch this movie. He blinks a lot in this one. And he doesn't blink at all in Nightcrawler. Yeah, it's really interesting. He's really good. And blinking. But, um, yeah, I, Prisoners is also one of those movies where I'll be in my car quoting this movie. Whatever, like the scene, the scene where, with uh, them in the car. What, what does he say? Crap. Uh, it's been six days. Six days. And she's waiting for me, not you, me. Anyways, uh, 
So that's Prisoner. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. I love this movie. Uh, Sam could probably get dive deeper into this than I could. We have but, talked about it on the on the pod a good bit, so I'm curious to hear your take on it. Uh, man, I like I said, like, y'all get a lot deeper than I do. I think I just really enjoy this movie every time I watch it. And also, why is it on your top twenty? Just like every time I've seen it, I'm just like I can't take my eyes off the screen, and that's like one of the criteria for a movie that gets on my top 20 is like how many times can I rewatch this <clears throat> and it not get old mm. and I've seen it probably six or seven times now and it's still fresh so that's why it's on there um, next is Interstellar uh, best space movie out there other than the Star Wars Christmas special what you cannot say that uh, yeah <laughs> I can I just did what? What's your favorite space play it, movie? Play it okay, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, uh, <laughs> it's not. What is this? My favorite space movie? I am having. I'm taking issue with what Mark just said, which is that Interstellar is the best space movie, which is factually untrue. Okay, fine. It's my favorite space movie. Okay, there we go. One of the most visually striking space. It movies. is. It is. There are still parts. I've seen it probably mm. twelve or thirteen times now. Mm. And there are scenes where I'm like, I, I get chill bumps whenever I watch it. Uh, the first time you see Gargantuan? What? That's a good one. And then for some reason, whenever they're on the water planet and they finally blast out the water out of the t- uh, turbine. I think that's all Hans Zimmer, though. No, not really. I think it's just I love seeing things go really fast. <laughs> so it's just like seeing the ship just riding up the way. And then they're like, love it. It just always... It always get, brings me great pleasure to to see that scene. Yeah, Gargantuan uh, is still my screensaver on my laptop. It's just so nerd, so that, visually striking. Is it the wormhole? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, it's the black hole. Yeah. Uh, and it took me about three times of watching it to actually kind of understand what was actually going on. And because I'm oh, I'm like a the, little, the little politics slower. behind it. Yeah, the politics behind it. There, I remember funny thing. Be a weird, weird thing to know that like NASA doesn't technically exist but is still operating yeah yeah well no not not that but more the ending with like the bookshelf and all that like for some reason I just had a hard time oh in the Tesseract yeah getting all that and then it just clicked one day it's funny to me that the Interstellar was the first Nolan movie that I saw in theaters like knowing this was a Christopher Nolan movie Mm -hmm. And I remember it was the, also the first one that I was like excited for because I knew who Christopher Nolan was. And the first rumors that came out about it, it's like probably early 2013, was the new Christopher Nolan movie, <clears throat> and it's about corn. And I remember being <laughs> like, I really like this guy's movies, but like I don't know about this one. It's about <laughs> corn. And then it's not really about corn, but it kind of is. He got you really good on that one. He, did. he convinced you it was Goofy about Chris corn. Chris is what I like to call him. Dude. <laughs> we like directors that are practical and he did legitimately grow that cornfield just for shooting this movie and yeah. they sold the corn for a profit that's true and, and apparently for the upcoming Oppenheimer film they're going to detonate an actual atomic bomb wow yeah, that's, I'm really excited to <laughs> Casual. see that I want to be an extra on that scene that's, <laughs> that's what I want um, so next is Moneyball uh, it's the greatest sports movie of all time don't Say, don't you say don't you say a word, Michael? It's my podcast, and I kind of want to. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, greatest sports movie of all time. That's just such a big claim. But you know what? It is Moneyball, and I'll let you have that one. Like it's, uh, it's also. I think you're forgetting movies like The Sandlot, but that's okay. No, Moneyball is a better movie than Sandlot. The Sandlot can be funnier it can be more enjoyable it can be more nostalgic but moneyball as a sports movie if you can't say it's the best sports movie you can say it's the best baseball movie yeah like angels in the outfield which is great <laughs> yeah, like, the rookie uh, dude oh, dennis quad quad, quad. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, you build it they will come a uh, field of their own or whatever uh a League of Their Own? No, no, sorry. Field uh, of Dreams? Field of Dreams. Uh, wait, is that a baseball movie? Yeah. It is, yeah. If you build it, they will come. Um, what Tom Hanks movie? Tom Hanks baseball film? Yeah, is that a League of Their Own? 
I don't know. I think so. Where I've never seen it. Yeah, but, I mean, it's about yeah. the female league. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's no crying in baseball. Yeah, I've never seen it. I know that line though. Um, yeah, Moneyball is just purely enjoyable from start to finish, and uh, it is dare I say my favorite Brad Pitt performance, followed very closely. Excuse me, by Ocean's Eleven and Twelve. Not thirteen. Thirteen's later down the list, but um, uh, yeah, that's Moneyball. Excellent. Great, great movie. Great movie. Um, you haven't seen it. I have not. Okay, yeah, it's we're on my watching that very soon. Um, next is Tenet, the newest movie on the whoop, list. Whoop. Um, me and Sam saw this twice oh, together. We saw it opening night in IMAX. Mm-hmm. One of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Some of so those kids fun. in front of us. It's terrible kid. Luckily, they weren't like, right in front of us. I know it's frowned upon to stab a child, <laughs> but that that was one of the closest times I've ever had to to doing that. But um, it would have been more, if you were in that theater, audio listeners, you would have you would have done it too. It was you would have thrown it was, up on them. It was like almost unacceptable. Yep. Um. Yeah, Tenant. Just uh, this movie is electrifying mm. it it just wow so inception's not on your list yeah no i, I actually took it off because i had to make room for uh about time gotcha <laughs> but uh yeah tenant is just are you still confused I, on i'm a bunch still of stuff uh, yeah i'm still confused by tenant and that's the thing one of the things that keeps me going back to it but also don't try to understand it just, i'm not gonna try to understand it um but uh it just oh dude the this I mean now it's kind of like not fun to talk about anymore but the Travis Scott song at the end in an IMAX theater still will listen to it every once in a while and it it's mm. a, it's nice because like the entire movie at least for me is like an adrenaline like roller coaster yeah and so like the movie is winded down and then the credits hit and it like it gets yeah, you it again just, yeah oh my like gosh. hypes you up all over again oh, that oh, entire oh. movie just gets yeah. me excited um. Yeah, I still don't understand it, and it just it makes me feel a lot of things. It, it takes me back to that theater experience and just how much fun that was. And I think that just that time of my life was like really solid. For yeah. some reason, I can't remember what was going on, but I just remember for some reason Tenet is tied to that period of my life. And yeah. I just it makes me it's also feel really good. Also, yeah. really the first movie back after. At that point, COVID. had been five yeah. or six months of yeah. no movies at all. Yeah, and, uh, and it was massive. Me and Sam was a, a together said, "Take our money, Christopher Nolan." Yeah, I remember. So that was that was the first movie, first new movie that I saw. And no, it wasn't. Unhinged was. Um, oh, oh gosh, that's such a weird movie to think about. <laughs> going the back Russell to theaters Curry. to see, yeah, it was <laughs> terrible. But I loved, I loved Tenet. And I was I saw this one in theaters three times. Yeah, I think. Uh, with, did you see it three times with I a bunch it, of different I saw it people? Four times, mostly like because I couldn't understand times. it, yeah. but also because I, I love Robert Pattinson, and yeah. I think with with him and John David Washington they have good chemistry, yeah. and I love that like their whole thing is actually like just a real broad out friendship. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing to pay attention to next time you watch it, I talked to. For me, this is important, Sam. Don't shake your head at me, boy. Um, Like, pay attention to the... I love just the outfits that they wear throughout the movie. What were you going to... I thought you were going to talk about the Maximilian theory. No, no, no. I was going to say, that thing is so easily disprovable. No, no, not that. I was going to just talk about the wardrobe that they chose to wear during the movie. And I just really want to channel that vibe in my life. But I don't really have the money to buy... Or the confidence, I don't think, to wear yeah, those, those clothes. That scarf, but, it's not easy oh, to pull man. off. But it, they, they look so cool. I wish I could just walk around wearing bulletproof armor. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I love that. But, uh, all right, so next is Godfather Part 2. Um, and Godfather Part 1. We'll just do these together. Um do you, Yeah, my, do you want to call those one movie? No, I don't want to call them one They're movie. I'm just different. doing them together. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess if I could apply the same logic to these two as I do for Lord of the Rings because I never just watch one of them and that's it. 
Like, I don't watch Two Towers and say, like, oh, I feel like watching Two Towers. I'm just going to watch this. I have to watch Fellowship, have to watch Two Towers At immediately that point, after. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, why don't I sit down for another four hours <laughs> and watch Return of the King? Uh, but, yeah, Godfather is the same way. You can't just watch one. You have to watch the second one in order to complete one. I don't really care about the third one. Never, I've never actually seen it. Um so I, you showed me the Godfather Part One and Part Two proudly last December. So probably, probably like exactly a year ago, right wow. now. Um, f- you fell asleep both times. I didn't. We were at you claimed my house. That I did. We were the only people there, and you fell asleep both times. <laughs> yeah, my claim to fame is that I, I think I've fallen asleep during every movie I've ever watched. I could count on but two I, or three hands I how many times Marcus fell asleep. I didn't movie. fall asleep during Godfather. You may have glanced at me and I was blinking for a really long time. <laughs> That's but, such uh, a lie. <laughs> um, Are you going to fall asleep during this podcast? I have a couple of times. That is already. my favorite joke is saying that Mark has ever actually never <laughs> seen an entire movie. It's just, he, he says he has, but yeah. he hasn't. Um, Turns out there's a lot of plot holes in Mask of Zorro <laughs> that I've just never seen. <laughs> uh, Godfather Part 1, I, if I can be honest, when it ended, I was just kind of like, I just feel like, not that I didn't get it, but just like I just didn't really enjoy it that much. Yeah. Godfather Part Two, I can say I actually enjoyed a lot. Um, I think it's just a more interesting story. It it's basically two movies in one, mm-hmm. uh, and I really was surprised at how well that flowed together because it's yeah. like decades apart. But um, it worked really really well, and it made me want to watch the first one again. So yeah. I'm I'm probably gearing up to. Yeah. That was actually re-watch. said whenever it first came out. The second one when it first came out was the producers were like, how, "How is this going to work out? It's too messy." The flipping back and forth from uh, Don Vito to Michael's storylines, you like you can't can't do that. But then uh, Francis was like, "Watch this," and they just like. Welded them together <laughs> yeah. perfectly. I don't know, but um, it's I, I think first of all that's Al Pacino at the height of his power, mm-hmm. and like this, he's so good. I've just started watching more of his movies from then. And he's you can't take your yeah. eyes off him, but yeah. like that character arc from the beginning of the first one to the end of the second one is unbelievable. It, it really is. Uh, yeah. No, what you're you're saying is earlier about you're confused by. At at the end of the beginning, yeah. the first one, and uh, this is because there's so many. Like so, bobbity boobity boobity yeah. bobbity boop. Like everyone's name is like Fredo or yeah. Dito or something. <laughs> like everybody s- sounds the same, looks the same. Yeah. So you're like, okay, so he said that this person's gonna kill this person, and then this person's gonna sleep with this person. No, that that was never but said it's in the movie. Qu- but it's literally everybody does look the same, and you yeah. don't know who's related to who, who's friends with who, who yeah. hates, who's gonna kill yeah. the other person. Yeah. So but, it is tough to follow. So it helps to just look up the cast pretty much and just uh, <laughs> memorize the faces. Yeah, and memorize names. the faces. Be like, okay, all right, this is that person. Um, yeah, I love those two. Uh, that's actually a pretty recent like viewing for me. Like in the last three years, I saw them. But um, yeah, you grow up your whole life being told that they're the greatest films ever made. Or some of them, and mm-hmm. then you're like, ah, they they can't be that good. And then you watch them, you're like, oh wow, they actually are that good. And um, uh, yeah, I love them. Though I say Godfather Part One is a better rewatchable, but Godfather Part Two is just a better movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, both amazing. Yeah, um, I need to rewatch them. So the next three, all three Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, wow. Need we talk about this? Have y'all talked about them? Uh, we have. Hmm. But yeah. If you'd be, in, I, I would like to hear your thoughts. No, they're well. So one thing that we have asked other people before, or at least I think we've talked about this on the podcast. It may just be something that I'm remembering from uh, all the times that I've talked with Sam about movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you have a favorite entry in this trilogy? <laughs> I know two towers. This is. This has been argued, but I know Two Towers is my least favorite, but because they're so close together, it's like if you were to like measure them on a chart, like Two Towers would be a millimeter below return, and then Fellowship would be a millimeter above return. Hmm. So Fellowship is my favorite. 
Fellowship. By a okay, bit. so you love the beginning of the story. Yeah, I love pretty much from the second they walk into, or actually, once they walk out of Rivendell to them going to Lothlorien, I that that's some of the best, like, I don't know how to do this film, I guess. It's, so, this is the best sequence. I it guess, has the say? best pacing of the trilogy. It, I think it tonally it's the most like accessible. It's like yeah. pretty I mean, especially the beginning, pretty lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's uh it has the like adv- fantasy adventure feel yeah. to it. Everybody's together. And so I think that's part of what makes it more rewatchable mm-hmm. than the other two is like everyone's separated, it's a heavier story. Yeah. Um but yeah, Fellowship is super rewatchable. It's the it's super evenly paced. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the only time it slows down is uh, Lothlorien right yeah. before the last battle. But mm-hmm. that was the part as a kid where I was always like, okay, let's get to the battle. Or the uh, the boat rowing scenes. It is it quite the, long. The long. I was including time. that in there. Yeah. But then at the same time, as soon as they get to the Argonaths, I get chills. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's worth it. Yeah, um, it's such a good moment, mm-hmm. uh, especially on a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Fellowship is just, I love it so much, is also just because you spend a lot of time in the Shire and Rivendell. And, you know, people ask this question, like, of all the fantasy worlds you can live in, where would you want to be? And I was like, it's a close tie between the Shire and Rivendell. Because it's just both very simple, clean living in both of these Good, clean, areas. fun. Yeah, good, clean, fun. I do think Two Towers has gotten better the older I get. Yeah. Uh, it was always my least favorite, but every time I've watched it recently, I'm like, gosh, this movie's so yeah. good. As a normal-sized person, I would rather live in Rivendell and settle down and meet a woman. Yeah, but there's better food in the Shire. That's true. That's nice true. crispy bacon. Better better pipe weed. But <laughs> I don't know if I could marry a, a hobbit. It'd just be a little weird. That's a... Yeah, well, I'm assuming well, you were hobbit sized. Would you be against it? No, not at all. Okay, if I was hobbit sized, it'd right. just be normal. Just want to make sure that you're not a hobbitist. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Um, okay, next, I'll Sam. This, this is your number one, isn't it? Well, Lord of the is Rings. It? We we kind of have a similar order, except for like mine is higher up. But like, yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings is my number one. But Social Network is also my number one. Yeah, no, Social Network. Love it. Honestly, my friend, my friendship with Sam. Sorry. <laughs> What'd you say, Mike? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is really random, but I just had a flashback to the SpongeBob SquarePants episode of <laughs> Switty, Smitty Warberman Jensen. And he was number one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Somebody's a bigger SquarePants fan than I am. <laughs> no, was, he, was he number one? Was he the number one? He was number one. <laughs> uh, probably going to have to cut all of that out. No, no, please don't. I love it. Uh, I love SpongeBob. SpongeBob SquarePants movie is actually my number zero. Oh. It's, uh, it's, it's so it's, much it's higher high, than Zorro. It's higher than Zorro. Yep. Oh. Yeah, Social Network. Uh, yeah, my friendship with Sam has actually forced me to rethink about this movie, and it's gone up a lot higher. So thank you, Sam. Yeah, well, I think um, so. We became friends pretty fast, but then yeah. I feel like for some reason we would go long periods of time without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And so after I saw this movie, my favorite thing was to see you from across a room and go, Mark, and then start charging Mark. towards oh, so you like he's the scene at the end. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> is he? I think that has also helped bond us. But yeah, uh, I, I love it when you do that. Some of my favorite things to do is saying "pardon," and then there's Mark. <laughs> there's a lot of things we do to get each other's attention, and I love it. Uh, so yeah, Social Network it's great, and my favorite Andrew Garfield performance. Oh yeah, dude, He's was, so oh, good. Man, his side of that or Amazing Spider-Man Two. Man. Oh, it's heartbreaking. This is tough. I, I hate that he gets screwed over. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Point zero three percent. Gets me every time. Uh, yeah, that's the social network. And then uh, we got we're getting into my top four. Uh, we got Spider Man two. Uh, me and Sam were talking about this earlier, and it's just an amazing movie. It's also very nostalgic for me. This is where 
other than the prestige, we're getting to a lot of nostalgia, but also just rewatching these movies. They truly never get old because I've seen, I think I've seen Spider-Man one and two and, and Zorro more than any other movie. It's like, it's in the thirties, thirties or forties that I've seen these movies. I just watched them over and over again as a kid. And then watching them nowadays too, I'm still like, this just beats any Marvel movie yeah. that's come out recently. They've got like classic actors as these just huge villains. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Willem we Dafoe. We were just talking about that. Alfred what is Willem Molina? Dafoe doing in it and having so much fun? It's awesome. Yeah. Like in interviews, he's like, my friend's like, you're gonna do what with Sam Raimi? And he's like, yeah, it's gonna be a blast. <laughs> and he's like, he really fought for that. Yeah, he really did, and it, it worked out very well for everyone. Um. Yeah, Spider-Man, it's a much like The Dark Knight. There's just, it's the stakes are so low in the end. It's like in the end of Spider-Man 1, he's literally just saving, what, 14 kids? Yeah, low stakes. And, and a, Let them burn. Yeah. <laughs> Let them rot. <laughs> See what we care. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then like Mary Jane's just hanging from you know. Oh, the, the shot of like, and the eyes and his lenses, where you see the kids falling in one and the oh, the, and yeah. Mary Jane falling in the other. Golly, what wow, how amazing! Uh, that's so another. You don't get stuff like that in in Marvel movies. You, don't, you really <laughs> just don't. don't. Absolutely zero. Uh, another thing I love is. But it gives me chills every time I see it. It's whenever he's like, he's on the rooftop looking at what's happening and he shoots the webs and like slingshots his way across. And I'm like, and this, oh, the Danny Elfman score kicks in. Uh. It's like, this is a hero right here. He has really everything to lose, I guess. But uh, other than Aunt May, he's already lost Uncle Ben, RIP. But yeah. um, I was talking to somebody recently and I think one of the big things that sets those movies apart, it honestly is the score. Because like, yeah. oh my God. hum, hum, Iron Man's theme, hum, Captain America's theme. Back in black. Had- Iron Man's theme. <laughs> yeah, I but I like, think that's it. There's no like, in terms of an actual musical score that was composed, the last one I can think of from a modern superhero movie is the Avengers theme, but that's kind of just because it's been hammered into pop culture. Yeah, it's a great I'm theme. I'm not a huge fan of that, honestly. I like it, but like, I can, I know Tom Holland's like the dum, 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 but yeah. like, it is, none of those like, yeah, it, come it, close. it doesn't, yeah. Um, yeah, another thing about Spider Man 1 and 2 is like, they both have just incredible last acts, third acts, whatever yeah. you want to say. But, um, I just the first one, just the they're in that abandoned library or whatever. It's so brutal, and it's oh man, like he Goblin's about to kill him, and it's just them two. No one else is around other than the camera. There's no music. There's no music. Uh, We get the iconic. Toby's little squeals are just so endearing. They really are. You feel his pain, and um. Man, it's also Goblin is just is creepy. Like he's I remember scary. Yeah, the shot after uh, Peter pulls the brick wall down on top mm-hmm. of him and he's covered in rubble, and then it's a slow push in and he's coming up out of the rubble. Yeah, as a kid, like I remember being like, it looks like a spider. Like it looks like a cr- some creature is like yeah, coming out of the yeah. rubble. Like it's really scary. Yeah. But also, I'm just a sucker for the hero that's he's being completely mutilated by like the villain. And then he just like his drive to protect the ones he loves just kicks in, and he's like, we talked about this with uh, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Like he's underneath all that rubble. He doesn't have his super suit or whatever, but he lifts all this concrete somehow. I don't know. But, he's Spider Man. Yeah, he's Spider Man. But um, that's what it just seems all like about. a lot of weight. But uh, this is really heavy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Willem Dafoe's just like, I'm going to finish her nice and slow. And he's like, oh. No, you, it's you, nice and slow. And he grabs the boy. MJ and I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what are your thoughts? I, haven't, I don't know that I've ever heard your thoughts on the Raimi trilogy. 
Uh, I mean, I don't think I really want to talk about the Ramy trilogy right Why, now. Why, because you don't like it? Um, That's okay. I, I just don't have anything to bring to that, that conversation. Do you like the movies? <laughs> Not really. Okay. I mean, it's been a while. That's all right. I'm sorry. The, I mean, in every situation, there has to be an incorrect I opinion. just think that there's too many <laughs> Spider-Men out there. Like, there's just too many Spider-Men stories and comics and, and but at this point like it's gotten so bad out of hand i've just had to embrace it i'm giving and you my home ticket away that's uh, it i i agree with you uh, i'm actually there have been uh, way too many spider-man so after it was, the Sam it was really trilogy. it was really enter the spider-verse that kind of helped change my mind it was like oh this is like a cinematic feat yeah uh, that's true and I don't know that we could have gotten there without all the Spider-Man leading up to it. So I don't want to like sit here and shit on other Spider-Man movies because I'm grateful for their where they are and their place in film history. Mm-hmm. Like nostalgia aside, I think Into the Spider-Verse may be the best written Spider-Man movie. It, it gets the, it, it's a slightly different message, but like. It's still the oh same gosh. message. Wow, that was that was a Spider-Man really aggressive sigh Spider-Man into the microphone. Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Verse are extremely close. Oh, man. I didn't realize how much I, Who I, I liked right Into now? the Spider-Verse until the new trailer for the, the new one came out. And I was like, oh, man, I want to watch the I want to watch Into the spider Well, this whole diatribe was, was his, his idea. He, he wanted if you, to talk about at it. At any day, uh, Mark, if you asked me, would you rather watch Into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Man 1 or 2, I would pick the Raimi movies every or three, single three, even. I love three. What? See, you can you can crap on three all you want. The emo. I love it. Three, I think, was one of the first, like, really disappointing superhero movies. And so it got, like, immediately, it was like, oh, it's the worst movie ever made. I'd say it's better than at least a third of the Marvel movies. Absolutely. Completely uh, agree. It's better than the also, movies. You can. You I can just s- remember as uh, like a high school senior or whatever when that movie came out. I bought tickets for my dad and then my my oldest sister who was living with us at the time because we all liked the other Spider Man movies. And I remember uh, I, I apologized after the movie. I was like, "I'm sorry <laughs> that I bought these tickets for y'all. Like, I, I regret this." And, you were. And, you said you were graduating high school. I think I was his high school senior, yeah. I was five years old. I think it was the first movie I saw in theaters. It's the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. And I remember thinking, spoiler alert for Spider-Man 3, I remember being like, oh my gosh, Harry dies. I remember being like, this is the biggest spoiler. I like went home and was looking at my sister. I was like, you have no idea what happens in this movie, do you? (laughs) Now, hey, the the thing about Spider-Man 3 is that you can clearly see that they have formed such tight friendships throughout the years making these movies. And they are really just having fun. Like, of course, there was a lot of creative control that was taken away. And, um, yeah, it's, man, they're just, they're having so much fun. Like the whole Toby dancing on the street scene, you know they were just like, uh, Toby, what's the worst thing you can possibly think of? He's like, I got the just the thing you need, Sam. Uh, but uh, man, it's just so enjoyable. I actually genuinely, uh, it warms my heart to see the last what five minutes from Harry's death, like and him talking to Toby, no, Peter, um, about yeah, the, their friendship is like it's come to an end, um, and then. Peter and Mary Jane share a dance at the jazz club. And it's, I don't know why watching that whenever I'm older just really hit me. Cause it's like, they've had such a rocky relationship for the last, what, I guess 10 years. Yeah. Whatever, how long it takes. Um, yeah, it's just, they're, they're they're just embracing each other. It's like, everything's going to be all right. Um, it is yeah. a, a little bit of a somber note to end such a like cheesy and happy trilogy, yeah. which it's kind of clear that they were setting up for a fourth. Yeah. Like it doesn't end on a cliffhanger or anything, but it's like this clearly, like th- there was probably yeah. more story to tell. But Sam Raimi dreams of the fourth canceled Spider-Man. We'll see what happens, man. There's man, too many knows. Spider-Man. Michael. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, so that's the Spider-Man movies. We got number two, The Prestige. This is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. I think I it's will, the it's Nolan's best storytelling. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
I I can watch this movie over and over again and still catch new things every single time I watch it. And it's just, I love showing it to people. It's like, like I love showing Mask of Zorro to people, but I find that most people don't enjoy Mask of Zorro as much as they enjoy The Prestige. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. Um, the Prestige is just a great, yeah, great story. Uh, um, huge jacked man as uh, one of his finest other than prisoners. Mr. Angier. And then Boardman. Boardman? Boardman? What? This is Boardman or Borman? Borden. Borden. Yeah, Borden. Like the milk? Yes. Mm. Or like the lady serial killer. Borden. Oh, yeah. And oh. Fallon. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a... I just love this movie. Love watching it. I've uh, said for a few years that The Prestige is my favorite Christopher Nolan because I agree, Michael, that it's his best story. Um, but I think one of the things that keeps it from being like super, like I just recently rewatched it. I think it's easier for me to check out because I think it's from a filmmaking perspective, like what's happening on the screen, it's Nolan's least interesting. Like obviously inception, you have buildings turning in on themselves. Tenant things are going backwards. Mm -hmm. Even memento at times has some but crazy in stuff the prestige, in it, you have hats and cats. You have hats being and cats duplicated. and some some lightning sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, that you got Nikola Tesla. That, yeah, yeah and doesn't he David have two Bowie. different colored eyes? David Bowie has two yeah. different colored eyes in real life. Mm -hmm. I did well, not he's know, dead that. Now, but, know that. Um, Man, there was a time in our lives when we were here. We existed the same time as David Bowie. Isn't that amazing? When did he die? Two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Okay, so it was pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah, that's something a lot of people won't be able to say. Yeah. That's pretty cool. No uh, new people. Dozens. I, I met a baby the other day. That baby can't say that, that she was alive at you the same time at that as baby David Bowie. You looked at that baby and yelled at it and said, you don't know David Bowie. <laughs> you don't know what I went through. <laughs> You just slap that baby. I mean, these aren't these aren't like bad things. I'm mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm grieving this future. <laughs> this oh my episode. gosh! Wow. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. The Prestige. It's fantastic. Love it. Uh, then. Uh oh, we're at number one already. So number one. here, can I can I ask you? Will you tell me what happens in the Mask of Zorro in your own words? <laughs> Just a swashbuckling good time. A swashbuckling good time. <laughs> that's, that's truly it. It, um, golly, the Mask of Zorro. All right, so it's probably the great. It's. It, I'm tired of saying it's the greatest because I'm gonna have a disagreement here. It's my favorite revenge story of all time because they kill. Oh no, I guess I shouldn't say. I mean, it's this a is, it's a twenty. They kill his brother. It's a twenty three year old movie, so if you haven't seen it by now, it's 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 super underrated. I talk to so many people who have never even heard of Mask of Zorro. Yeah, a few people. That's They're surprising. like, wait, when I was like, what I is this? I was like, yeah, nineteen ninety eight. It's my birth movie. I choose it, um, or it chose me. Um, yeah. So Antonio Banderas's character, um, Alejandro. He uh, he is a bandit uh, who whose brother is killed. This is actually a sequel. Not a lot of people know that. To the um, legend. No, sorry. The legend of Zorro comes after this. But I think it's just Zorro. Is yeah, this is Zorro. It's a very old movie, but this is a sequel to that. So Anthony Hopkins plays the old Zorro. And um, it's just Mexican Batman. That's really all it is. Uh, and so Anthony Hopkins finds Antonio Banderas, and this probably one of the one of my favorite villains of all time, Captain Love. Uh, he just killed his brother right in front of him, and so Anthony Hopkins finds him, trains him, and. He's he like teaches him the importance of patience. He's like, you can't take this man, but I can help you learn how to take him. And uh, so, they, yeah, they train. It's just it's funny. It's romantic. 
dare I use the word sexy? I sure. think it is. <laughs> it's a well, sexy you movie. Would be wrong. Um, but uh, would you describe it as romantic? It's he very, yeah, said it's, very that. it's very romantic. Yeah, um, it's thrilling. Some of the best it's, horse action in my I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That's not the word I thought you were about to say. Horse action. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 some of the best sword fighting of all time. Uh, Bob Anderson, the guy who did Bless him. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, uh, Princess Bride. He did all the sword play for that. Was he? No, that was um, Richard Prowse. Richard Pryor did the sword fighting for. I, I was thinking of the dude in the, the suit black comedian. And, and, no, the dude in the suit for Vader, David. Oh yeah, no, he no um, something. Uh, Bob Anderson. I don't. I don't think he did Star Wars. He may have actually done. He was very young at the time. He might have done the. Oh, he might have done Empire. Yeah, I think he did Empire and New Hope. Oh. Um, but those were very boring. Empire is one of the best lightsaber fights. Oh, sorry, not yeah. Empire was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. New Hope was right. very. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that's all right. You can fall asleep during that. Strike me down. <laughs> it's just two dudes stronger. poking each other with sticks. <laughs> there's like, in the original cut of the Star Wars, you can see there's a point where uh, Obi-Wan's lightsaber like turns and you can see the pipe because no, yeah. they just forgot to animate it or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, amazing sword fighting in Mask of Zorro. Yeah. Uh, horse riding, comedy, revenge. Uh, I love a good brother story, and so like Antonio Banderas. Is that because you have a brother? I do have a brother. I love him dearly. We've gotten closer throughout the years. Oh, um, but uh, and this is also one of his favorites, and we both agree that it's one of the most underrated movies ever. Um, I watched yeah. this with you for the first time. Uh. In the last couple of years, yeah, and I loved it. I yeah. I would compare if there was a movie I'd compare it to, it would be The Princess Bride, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's, um, it is in a terms more, of like literally just having everything. Yeah, it's it's a much more serious Princess Bride. Um, I wouldn't say much more serious. Yeah, you watch this October fifteenth, twenty twenty. I would say it's less meta than like I think Princess Bride like is very referential of the fact that it's kind of like a fairy tale but like yeah. yeah mask of zora is just a straight up swashbuckling yeah. tale um you gave it four and a half stars i loved it i i the only part that i didn't love was the end like by the time i got to the last battle um i think i started to feel it a little bit and i was like all right this is kind of just a lot of action happening it, it is long it's a long movie, but um, there was one scene that I remember I was cracking up at. It was something with a really tall dude and like a bowling ball. Oh yeah, the tall Mexican dude. He's like, he's they just leans over to him. He's like, kill him, and then he like he runs he over to the- him. He grabs Zorro by the shirt. And he's like, I'm gonna like strangle him or something. He's massive, and uh, Antonio Banderas grabs these two bowling um cannonballs and just smashes his <laughs> jaw <laughs> and, uh, he turns around and just spits out all his yeah. teeth and then he's like they look back at him he's standing on a cannon with a fire and just like blows yeah that made me laugh really hard wonderful wonderful sequence um but this movie also consistently makes me cry every time i watch it um it's because anthony hopkins has his daughter stolen from him by his mortal enemy. Um, And so there's a scene where his daughter's grown up and she sees him. And I'm just going to do a terrible job of describing the scene, but it's just a very touching scene because he hasn't talked to her since she was a baby. And he's just like, he's just, he tells her at one point, you look just like your mother. And I just like, I... I ball every time I see it, but um, mm, I did not know that. Yeah, you probably didn't look over at me. You thought I was asleep. <laughs> yeah, I was actually. Crying. I heard all that noise. I thought I was snoring. Yeah, but um, fellas, that's my top ten. Twenty. Top twenty. Mark, thank you so count, much for coming. But that's okay. We we uh, you know you had to count to four at least. So uh, yeah. you're good on the drums. Yeah. yeah. Is there by per per chance anything you need to plug? 
Yeah. Uh, Red Fox Talks. Oh. Oh, what's uh, Red Fox Talks? Another local Jackson podcast. Um, we're just a bunch of dudes getting together, talking about nonsense. Uh, it's a lot less professional than uh, it is here at Fairview Sounds. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of fun, too. The uh, Both Sam and I have been guests yeah. over there at they're, Red Fox. We love it. our best episodes. The... Uh, I think one of my favorites was the first one. Mm. Can I milk that? Yeah. That was a very organic Which is a question episode. I ask most days. Yeah. Like you, you look at really anything and you can ask if you can milk it. I mean, if you can and milk it, sometimes almond, it's inappropriate, sometimes it's not. Yeah. But, uh, that was when I learned that bears have milk. I mean, I, I figured that bears were mammals. Yeah, you can milk they, anything with nipples. But you, that, there's actual websites you can go and buy bear milk. You can milk Sam. No, well, Please don't. Oh, gosh. I would rather do anything uh, else. Watch the nipples, Kevin. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nipple but, uh, chafing. Red I, Fox Talks. We've kind of been taking a break because we've has, had a hard time finding the time for all of us to get together. You but, take um, a break between every episode. What? We Podcast really scheduling do. is super easy. What are you talking about? Yeah, oh, friend? man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, we got one guy getting married. I'm engaged. Uh, Jake's almost homeless. And then... Chance is trying to take care of his obese mother. And so it's just, it's really tough to, <laughs> to find the time to get us all Okay. Oh, man. Um, we're, we're trying to check Jake into a nursing home, but he won't, he won't go. Chance's mother, I don't know you, but I am so sorry. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for being here, man. Absolutely. Uh, would love to have you back at some point. Um, Michael, any closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, so, Mark, this is your first episode. Mm -hmm. Probably won't be the the last episode. I hope it is. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you then just stamped. We're just gonna breath. we're just gonna wrap this up and sign off. All right. Thanks for right. listening, guys. Bye. Love you. Love you.